Whenever we have that moment where we're just not feeling that freshness of God's Spirit, have you been there? You're just not feeling that moment where you just feel energized and joyful and happy and all these things that can come against us. You know what I thought of today? I thought of some words that come from the book of Revelation. The heavenly host saying things like this, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And to Him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb may there be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. Amen. Amen. Praise and glory, wisdom and thanks, and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. You know why it just hit me. You know why I didn't feel so in the connection at this meeting in Hawaii, I was one of the fish like in that book that was moving the other way. And I'll tell you why. I came home thinking, I'm so glad I serve God. I'm so glad that I am a Christian that is bought by the blood of the Lamb. And I'm not saying that I'm passing judgment on anybody at that meeting, but I will tell you one thing. There was a big distinction between God's people and the world. And I told my wife a little bit about it. And I'll tell you, I am just so glad that I serve the Lord. Hallelujah. So this morning, since we're talking about such things, I want us to consider in Matthew, if you would prepare your Bibles for Matthew 14. And it looks like I lost my place. It happens. But if you prepare for Matthew 14, we're going to look at verses 22 through 32. So Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 32. And this is, uh, let's see here, this is the story of Jesus when he walks on the waters. And this sermon will be appropriate because I just spent hours flying over the Pacific Ocean and that is a lot of water. And then once I was in Hawaii, almost every day sprinkles started. So it didn't matter if you were surrounded by water. You have also water falling from the skies. And then there are streams and rivers coming out of those gorgeous uh, forest-covered green mountains. And you realize you really are in a land of water, even though you're on that beautiful island. Uh, The title of this sermon is Having Courage in Deep Waters. And don't you ever feel like truly, and sometimes in life, there are things of the Lord that we could be more involved in, deeper in, moving more towards Christ-likeness, more than we have ever tried to before, but also feeling a little apprehension of wondering what it will cost us. So when I was in that airplane... And you know, they showed the little map, and you're going over the United States, and then all of a sudden you realize 
You just hit the beaches of California and you're now over open water. And I began to think as I was uh, continuing another half hour, another hour, an hour and a half, two hours, three hours. Can you imagine the depths of the sea that I was over, the ocean? Could you imagine just how deep that was? But there's a payoff. All of a sudden, five and a half hours of flying over that Pacific Ocean, all of a sudden, this gorgeous, green, mountainous island of Oahu appears. (laughs) And that's the payoff. And it's amazing when you're there. Little birds have found this island. All sorts of gorgeous animals. I saw birds like I've never seen before. And I think, how did they get here? Polynesians. How in the world did these folks traverse over thousands of miles from Asia and make it out to these gorgeous islands? It's unbelievable. Having courage in deep waters. When you think about the Polynesians and what they pulled off to populate these islands, all eight islands, if you include Las Vegas, were the ninth island is what they told me while I was there. And I said, I don't think the California Hotel uh, you know, makes it to island status because I know a lot of the Hawaiians love to hang out there. But this is the truth of it. Having courage and deep waters. Those little birds would have had to have massive courage to somehow find these islands out in the middle of the Pacific. The Polynesians, the same thing, absolutely. But let's go ahead and read our scripture here. Matthew 14, 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the water because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. I couldn't get to Hawaii that way. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat. He walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink and cried out to the Lord, Save me! Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Lord, we thank you for this passage of Scripture, Lord, and may we remember truly who the Son of God is in our life. Hallelujah. Because salvation belongs to our God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What an important passage of Scripture. Maybe that's the point sometimes, is just remembering who Jesus is, amen? And not only remembering who he is, but remembering that we are a part of who he is. Hallelujah. Praise God for this passage of Scripture. Well, having courage in deep waters, there was something I saw years ago in a history book, and it was an advertisement for people in New York to get to Los Angeles. It was a 19th century advertisement. So you know where they had to go? They had to get in a boat. 
on the east coast of the United States, and they had to literally go on a four-month journey around the very tip of South America and then come up the Pacific side and finally make it to California. Would you do that trip? Would you have a cost analysis of thinking, what is this going to cost? What ports are we going to be in? Are they dangerous? Rations, are th- is there enough food on this boat? Would that cro- cross your mind? Uh, not only that, but storms. Has anybody Google, you know, weathered the, the storms? To, I mean, you, would, you wouldn't have any idea. What about the treacherous waters around the very tip of South America? Wouldn't you imagine that that might be a little bit dangerous? There was no Panama Canal at this time. I mean, when you think about all of it, you'd have to stop and think, what before I get into these deep waters, what really will be the cost? Could it be too risky? Could it be too scary? And very often, as we go deeper into God, do we not stop and think about what the cost is? Do we not stop and think about, do I really want to take that first step? Well, that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Four months at sea, supplies going low, all these folks that had to come to California. But you know what the payoff was? Laguna Beach, maybe. Santa Barbara, San Francisco, the Sierras, the beautiful redwood trees. That's where my wife's from. She's from that area. The beautiful redwoods of Santa Cruz, San Diego. Could you imagine? Once you make it there, you probably say, hallelujah, that risk was worth it. And I have to tell you today, Jesus is worth it. Amen? Going deeper, being more committed, committing yourself to greater Bible reading, committing yourself to greater prayer, intercessory prayer here at this church before service. Hallelujah. Going deeper. Amen? Missionary work. Going deeper. Hallelujah. Camp for kids. Hallelujah, going deeper. There are so many things that are worth taking that chance to go out, step out. Pastor David once said, God doesn't want to take us to the shallow things. He wants to take us to the deep things of God. Praise the Lord. That could be a Jesus ad, amen? Imagine finding that on, the, uh, on a beautiful pole. God doesn't want to take us to the shallow things. He wants to take us to the deep things. So concerning our life and our offer to follow Christ Jesus with everything that He's given us, if God posted an ad and you think about it, we must be ready to invest our very lives in all that He wants from us. Amen. There'll be times when, just like the people in those boats, supplies might seem low. Your joy factor might seem low. There are times that you might think things uh, in Christ moving further might be scary. The cost is too high. There'll be times when storms come against us. Doesn't that happen every week? All these things. But the payoff is great. And Pastor Dave reminds me very often that the sweetest things in God have some of the biggest costs to them that aren't always the most comfortable. (laughs) And Jesus paid the biggest price of all, but the sweetness of afterwards, dying on the cross to save us, that's a sweet moment. The Bible records many amazing things that have happened in deep waters. Do you agree? Jonah. (laughs) Jonah would probably agree with that. Peter, Peter would agree with that. Paul, Paul would agree with that. But let me ask you today, 
Do you ever have a sense, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, or raise your hand, you could just let it be in your spirit. Do you ever have a sense that God is calling you out of the shallows and into the deepness of what he has for you? Do you ever have that sense requiring more? Is that always a lovely thing to hear? More is required of me. Sometimes we might think that that might not sound so lovely. But I'll tell you one thing. Finding and maintaining the great things that God has for us is worth the cost. Amen. So the first thing I wanted to mention this morning is this. And this first point, (laughs) I stole it from one of those cheesy little motivational uh, posters that you see in people's offices. Have courage to lose sight of the shore. (laughs) And I thought about those Polynesians that are sitting there in Hawaii. And you know, they really try to keep their culture. I heard so many alohas, I had enough of them. I was like, all right, I heard a million alohas. But I'll tell you one thing. Truly, these people had at one point the ability to lose sight of the shore on which they were, which probably was very cozy. I could imagine the banana plants right behind me, the papayas growing and on and on, and set out into open water for thousands of miles. And, you know, sometimes in that caption of what I saw on that poster that you see there for the first, uh, for the first uh, point this morning, it was an island on this poster, and it said, to discover new lands, you have to lose sight of the shore. And as cliche as that might be, when you think about this in terms of your relationship with Christ Jesus, we are here to dominate for Christ Jesus. We are here to infuse Christ Jesus worldwide. Amen? So truly, if we want to discover new territory for the Lord, we have to get our feet moving. Amen? And then we have to get, like Jesus did, into that boat and take the gospel to new lands. What are we missing? Sometimes we have to stop and think, where does this gospel, where does the relationship with Christ Jesus need to be? Is it someone in my own family? Is it that neighbor I know? Is it another community that's close by? Is it the reservation? I mean, I'm just throwing things out there, but sometimes we have to stop and think, what can we be doing more for the gospel of Christ Jesus? Hallelujah. Not only did Peter lose sight of the shore in our passage on that day that he uh, started to sink, but Jesus took it a step further and he invited Peter, come out onto the water. Now, how many of us need to hear that? Come out to me. Isn't that amazing? Jesus inviting him to come closer to him, even when the situation and the way to get to him looked almost impossible. Would you have been able to take that first step? I tell you, I'd probably get a little scared. I probably would think, like when I think about all the times I've been on a raft, to step out from a raft in open water, what a moment. Isn't that something? Come out of the water. And when it comes to our Christian walk, many of us probably prefer safety. Many of us maybe prefer the shore. Even though Christ urges us to come out into the deep, we're comfortable on the shore because sometimes, let me tell you what comfortable can look like. You want to hear some statements of what comfortable looks like? I brought some. Well, I show up on Sundays. Isn't that enough? That's the shore. I go to church. I do it. I show up. 
How about this one? Well, that other brother or sister keeps in kind of like talking to me every week about getting more involved in the study group, but I'm just not there yet. That's the shore. Or what about that brother keeps urging me to become a greeter, an usher, things like this, or, or becoming a tither in the church. If, you, if there's some things that we're kind of apprehensive on doing, that's, that's the shore. And uh, another brother keeps mentioning blessings of missionary work. Look at all these fun things that are going on, even on the overheads here. I remember there were some trips on here that I thought, ooh, these are things that can't be missed. Or sometimes we just want to sit, we want to listen. But what about putting activity to it, getting in that boat, and begin to go into deeper things of Christ? Mother Teresa, she could have stayed in Europe. She was born Agnes. She was born in like what's, uh, we would have thought of as Yugoslavia back in, the, back in the 80s. And Mother Teresa, she gave up her comfortable life in Europe, that warm, loving family, to gain something. You know what she gained? The poorest of Calcutta, India. Isn't that interesting that she would look at that as a gain? She looked at that as the largest gain of her life, and she said this, she states, every time we offer help to the poor, we are offering help to Christ. We try to do this with joy because we cannot go to Christ with long, sad faces. I tell our sisters to approach the poor with joy because the poor already have plenty of reasons to be sad. They don't need us to be sad as well. We're committed to feed Christ who is hungry. We're committed to clothe Christ who is naked. We're committed to take Christ in when he has no home. Truly, she knew what it meant to lose sight of the shore. Amen. And tell on our face, bursting with joy. It's so beautiful to see our sisters, many of them still very young, given totally and with such love to the service of Christ's poor. What an amazing woman. This is truly losing sight of the shore. Next, I wanted to mention this. Our next point is this. Do not allow the devil to steal God's word from your heart. Do not allow him to steal the word from, God, from your heart. And I always think of that beautiful song. And I went to the enemy's camp. And I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. Oh, I went to the enemy's camp. And I took back what he stole from me. Because he's under my feet. He's under my feet. Praise the Lord. Amen. This is a moment to remember that we do not allow the devil to steal what the Lord has given us. And I began to think, why am I so bothered this week? Do you know what happened to me? I'll tell you. You don't know. I'm sitting there in Hawaii and I get a call from two Los Angeles lawyers at six in the morning. Lawsuit hitting from my time when I was working in L.A. A lawsuit from someone and I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm in Hawaii. Am I supposed to get hit with lawsuits? And then my mood began to change. I'm sure people noticed so many things happened. You know, just all this employment stuff from, from L.A. and, uh, you know, all, all this stuff that went on down there. But you know what happened is all of a sudden I began to feel my joy just take a hit because this was a curveball that I was not expecting as I was there in Hawaii. And then I had to remember, wait a minute, wait a minute. Salvation. 
belongs to my God. As this lawyer is telling me, you're going to need me. You're going to have to retain me. You're about to be sequestered. And on and on and on. And I began to tell myself, wait a minute. My best advocate is Christ Jesus. Lord God, you'll be my protector. Lord God, I will venture out into the deep waters of you. Hallelujah. And I won't worry about, I won't be fearful of man. I won't be fearful of Los Angeles lawyers. Am I so glad I'm out of Los Angeles? Oh, 100%. Am I a little bit bummed they started calling me in Hawaii? Beyond imagination. But the Lord goes before me. Hallelujah. But I'll tell you, there's nothing more threatening to the devil than God's Word active in your heart and in your mind. There's nothing more threatening to him when God's Word is absolutely alive in your life. And the truth that you're hearing right now, the Scripture we're looking at today, Satan would love to steal it all from the hearts and minds of God's people because that's what he does. In the portion of Scripture, uh, scripture referring to the, uh, the seed being eaten by the birds, that literally is spiritual warfare. And we're involved in it every week, aren't we? The very element of spiritual warfare is revealed. It's revealed because the devil himself comes to steal the message from our heart. And he tries to prevent us from being close in the deep waters with Christ. Isn't that what his job is? He's a punk. This warfare is real and it is ongoing. And we have to remember that we do not allow him one single inch. Hallelujah. Until the day when the thief of God's word will be bound and thrown into hell, I will remind him of his future. Hallelujah. I will remind him. And so, how do we prevent God's word from being stolen in our hearts? And I began to think about that. That's a good question. How do we keep that from happening? And I thought, you know, we do not allow the chance of God's word to be stolen at all to keep our guards up always. And that's why I use those five beautiful prayers from the heavenly host in Revelation to be that shield over my life. Amen? To him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. Hallelujah. So if, you've def uh, if you begin to sense defeat, it's time to read your Bible. Amen? And then you take back what the devil has stolen from you. Battle every single day. Remember that you are more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Remember that you've been made heir to the very kingdom of God. Remember that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. And third, I wanted to mention this this morning as well. Make God's word deep rooted in your life. I should have taken the picture. I should have brought a picture of the tree that was growing in front of the hotel that I was staying at. That volcanic soil can grow trees like you could not imagine. There was a tree, have no idea what it was. There was a tree that had a canopy that just spread. I mean, the spread of this tree was monstrous and it was so tall. But the interesting thing about this tree is when you looked at the root system, the root system spread out almost just as wide. It was very impressive to see. And I thought about this. What a great root system this tree must have. And I pray that we have the same. Amen? In Christ Jesus. When you think of the mighty redwoods in California, 
Can you imagine all that that tree has gone through? My wife comes from that area. She was just there a couple weeks ago. Can you imagine the storms that have come against those trees? Some of these trees, 200 plus feet tall, all the fires that have happened, you know, season after season, yet they still, they still stand because of that support system, that root system. Praise God, that's what we have in Christ Jesus. Amen? Praise God. So you stand today. You know why you stand today? Because of the strength of Christ Jesus. You know why you're here in this room today? Because of the strength and the root system of Christ Jesus active in your life. You know why you haven't been overcome by this world yet and defeated? Because of Christ Jesus. Amen. And it's tried many times, hasn't it? So many times. But you stand today because the strength of your support system the Lamb of God. Continue to grow in His Word deep and continue to grow it into your life. But you'll need the right soil, amen? That tree that I saw in uh, Hawaii couldn't do what it does without that soil. I'm sure of it. And we have to remember to have the right heart, the right prayer life, the right Scripture reading. We have to have the right soil in our heart to be able to grow such a root system. Hallelujah. And sometimes if we feel we're lacking anything, all we have to do is ask. Amen? My people die from lack of knowledge. It says in Scripture. We just have to be there to remember to have the knowledge to ask. By the fruit that is produced, we'll know these trees. I mean, when you think about what the Lord has told us, uh, has says, told us in the past, There's no faking this. At some point in our life, we have to grow fruit, amen? On our trees. And we have to see, and there's no faking this. Time will show what kind of seeds that we have been sowing, especially in the lives of other people. If you truly want God's good and productive fruit in your life, then we have to remember to read, to study, and to memorize God's Word. There was a show we watched at the last night in Hawaii these people memorized all their lines. They did this luau thing, and they do all these, you know, they're singing in Hawaiian, and they're telling a little story about all the different time periods in, in uh, Hawaii's history. But you have to memorize that to pull that show off, don't you? In the same way, you have to memorize the very words of this script right here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Scripture. And this is truly our playbook. Hallelujah. We must memorize God's Word and put it to work. Next point I wanted to mention is do not let this culture or your lifestyle choke God's Word. Do not let this culture or your lifestyle choke God's Word. So I was surrounded by a bunch of fancy folks in Hawaii showing off all their beautiful jewelry, their beautiful this, their beautiful that. But you know what I began to think? In this country, we just have too much. Too much. We have too much stuff. If you don't believe me, go into a Walmart. Go into a Best Buy. If you don't believe me, go into a grocery store. My friend from Paris, when he saw how long our aisle was on both sides with cereal, going from the front of the store to the back of the store, he said to me in his French accent, this is ridiculous. (laughs) We live in a culture that continually slams us with products, product placement, 
things that we can't live without, things that we need. Uh, We're continually slammed with all these things. Since all these stores have reopened, even when we reopened Rolex, even when we reopened Chanel, these stores are running lines. People are waiting in lines just to get in the store, and the products just aren't there, and they're just being sucked up in two seconds. If you remember that old commercial from that diamond dealer, De Beers, uh, they're the largest diamond dealer on earth. They used to say, how else can two months salary last a lifetime? They're even telling you how much to spend. So I believe that living in such a culture, a consumer culture, a culture of excess, We must continually monitor what's truly important, what our true needs really are, and often those are spiritual needs, not material needs. Amen? And Mother Teresa knew this. She knew this to the core. The Bible teaches simplicity. I could go change out my little cheesy 2012 Honda CRZ anytime I want to. You know how many times I thought of how would I ever entertain a client in a little Honda CRZ if I had to at the Wynn Hotel? That thought has crossed my mind so many times. But you know what? I don't trade in my car yet. You know why? It only has 98,000 miles and I might put another 100 on. I don't care what the clients are going to think. 80% of planet Earth doesn't even own a car. That little Honda out there is luxury beyond luxury. Maybe not in the world that I have to work in every week, but I tell you one thing, material, schmirial. Who cares? The Bible teaches simplicity. Sometimes the things in our life can become more important than God's Word, and then we're on dangerous ground. Well, I can't live without I heard that so much at, the, <laughs> at the, the meetings in Hawaii, and I'm not trying to harp on anybody, but, oh, I forgot this. I can't live without that. I can't live without this. That's a funny thing to say sometimes. I forgot tipping money, and I thought, I can't have the maid come in my room without my... I can't live without my tipping money. I can't live without my face moisturizer. I can't live... Oh, please. What we can't live without is a relationship with God's Son. When our things become the God in our own lives, then we have some serious problems. When I went to the Philippines the first time, I didn't know what to expect. Pastor David, uh, Dave's uh, brother, Pastor John, said these people make less than $1,900 annually. They're extremely poor in this area we're going to. They have no material possessions. If they end up with a little motorcycle, that's like the highlight of their life. And so I went there, and I wasn't sure what to expect. But you know what happened when I got there? I realized they had the most important thing that I was missing, the joy of Christ Jesus. They had nothing, and they had absolutely everything at the same time. Those folks could dance, worship, go out and sing in front of everybody. They had a freedom that I deeply desired and then I remember they're truly not prisoners to things they're prisoners to Christ Jesus hallelujah their chains are God's word holding them into the strength of God's family hallelujah this is the way I looked at it because they really had like Paul said when he says I'm in I'm in chains for Christ these people were so connected to the Lord you would have never guessed that they were missing anything Because they had Jesus. 
And then all of a sudden, my friend Pastor Samson, one of the Filipino pastors, came into my room, felt the lovely air conditioning. He went through all my little colognes and toiletries I had on my, on my, uh, on my dresser. And then he went like this, put his hands behind his back, and fell on my bed. And I thought, no, don't want don't want because he doesn't have air conditioning he probably doesn't own cologne he doesn't have a bed like at that nice hotel and i thought last thing is don't want what we have because what you have is already so rare and valuable a relationship with christ jesus that fuels joy and peace and power hallelujah fifth thing i wanted to mention is this safeguard safeguard god's word retain it and it will grow. I wanted to mention this because one major obstacle that I think Christians, those of us that are serving God worldwide, one thing that we have to overcome is our own inactivity and laziness. Is that venturing into dangerous waters? And I'm talking about myself. I can be so lazy, I can get so busy that I want to do nothing. And I'll tell you, some of us find ourselves looking at our Bibles and think, later, tonight, oops, now I'm tired, tomorrow. There's so many times that we have to remember, so many times that we've done this countless times, the Bible is meant to be read. The Bible is meant to be read daily and retained There's no substitute for reading your Bible. Sometimes we like to think of substitutes, don't we? You know how many times I searched out Splenda in Hawaii because I don't like to drink anything with sugar? I look for a substitute. But there is no substitute for God's Word. We have to be into it. Take the time to open it. Read it. And if you have a hard time making time for Scripture, ask the Lord to help you. Lord, place a greater burden in my heart to read Your Word. Love reading Your Word. Retain Your Word. And grow Your Word in my life and into others. Which is our sixth point. Replant God's Word into other people's hearts. It's not meant just for you. You must spill it over out of your life into the lives of others. Amen. Hallelujah. If you know someone that doesn't have access to church, scripture, a relationship with Christ, a closeness with Christ, this is where we come in. Hallelujah. There's something to be said of discipleship. There's probably nothing greater you could give up than coming to a Christian brother or sister and giving your own life to help their life. And this is what Mother Teresa got. She understood this. A great gift you can give people is you. A great gift you can give others is your time. A great gift you can give to others is your prayers. A great gift you can give to others truly is a closeness. And this is so important. Hallelujah. Because don't you want to see God's word take hold in others' lives? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody's so worried about COVID spreading. We should be worried about spreading the joy of Christ Jesus into the hearts of others. That's what I truly want to be worried about. Am I doing enough? Be prepared. Seriously commit yourself to disciple someone else close to you 
for one year, two years, three years, more, a lifetime. Hallelujah. And if you're in need of a Christian mentor, pray for one. Hallelujah. But also make it known to others. Discipleship is a part of God's plan to plant His Word in the lives of His people. Hallelujah. I wanted to mention this as we close today. This was such a great, a great quote from Pastor Newen. Messing up my words. I talk so much at that event, I don't even feel like my words are coming out right. But let me get these words right because this is very important. Pastor Newen, a Canadian pastor, says this. Friendship, marriage, family, religious life, and every other form of community is solitude greeting solitude, spirit speaking to spirit, and heart calling to heart. It is the grateful recognition of God's call to share life together and the joyful offering of a hospitable space where the recreating power of God's Spirit can become manifest. Thus all forms of life together can become ways to reveal to each other the real presence of God. And isn't that what we sang about today? His presence. Hallelujah. And that's us. Let's stand and pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence this day. We thank you, Lord God, that truly we are here to remember to plant your word into the hearts and the minds of those around us, our sphere of influence that you've given us. We truly commit ourselves to safeguard your word in our hearts, to retain it, to grow it, Lord God, to spend more time in you, avoiding laziness, Lord, avoiding excuses, hallelujah. Forgive us, Lord God, for the times we've offered nothing but excuses to you. Forgive us. May we offer up one thing, Lord, to you, our very selves. And Lord, may this culture never come to affect or choke your word in our lives. May it never be stolen. May your word be deep rooted in our lives, Lord God. And may the devil never steal, Lord, what you have given us. And if it is stolen, Lord, we shall go to the enemy's camp and take back what he stole from us. Hallelujah. And Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord God, that we always can trust in you. May we have greater trust in you, Lord, to lose sight of the shore and find the deep waters of you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen.